Welcome back to another episode of Film Junkies with Griff and Friends. As always, I'm Griffin Schroeder, and we're going to take another journey through a movie that I love. Um, I know last week, if you guys listened at the end, I mentioned that we may or may not be having our first female guest this week. And while unfortunately we won't be having our first female guest, I guess the uh, movie that I picked might also kind of fill that because it will be her the 2013 movie. Um, so I guess the title of the film might still talk about the fact that a female guest. No, I don't think that really works. But regardless, <laughs> I, try, I tried to make it make it work. Um, I will still be having uh, that female guest on uh, hopefully next week. Um, but this one I just kind of wanted to do by myself. I, I know that, I mean, not all of the episodes that we've done are great films that I love. Um, I've loved all the guests that we've had on so far, everything that we've talked about. But I do sometimes enjoy really talking about um, art films or ones that might maybe not be for everyone, even though I feel like they should be. Um, this one is is definitely in that category, being a film that a lot of people maybe aren't open to at the beginning. But I will never stop recommending this film to people. And so, for this episode, um, in case I haven't convinced you that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to movies thus far, uh, I'm really going to try and dive into breaking down this film itself and talking about specific scenes and what they relate to outside of the film and in the film as far as the plot goes, uh, and really talk about character development, things that are going on on screen, how they make you feel, um, why I think this film is so great, and the specific things behind that. So I would say if you haven't seen her before and you're not interested in me spoiling it, um, maybe go watch it before you listen to this episode because I will, like I said, be breaking down specific scenes and talking about detailed parts of this film because I think it is necessary in, in the way that I can break down uh, why I think it's so great. So nonetheless, uh, I'll give you a quick plot summary as always. In the near future, a lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with an operating system designed to meet his every need. A uh, simple explanation for you on this week, because as I said, I will be diving into it more. Uh, this film got a 90 out of 100 on Metacritic, which I always mention is the toughest and my favorite of the movie review sites. An 8 out of 10 on IMDb and a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. As far as awards go, this was a favorite. Uh, it was nominated at the Oscars for Original Screenplay, Best Score, Original Song, Production Design, and Best Picture, which obviously is the big one, and it won the Oscar for Original Screenplay. It was also nominated for Golden Globes for Best Screenplay and Best Actor and Best Picture, and it won the Golden Globe for Best Screenplay. So this movie, Her, is written and directed by Spike Jones. Um, it was a film that is a passion project of his. He's uh, solely the one who created this, um, from writing it to bring it to the screen, and I think he did an incredible job. This is actually the first film that he wrote and directed. Um, another thing, as far as the people who put this film together, that I think is important to mention, it was composed by Arcade Fire, the band, uh, and I wanted to mention that just because... It's an interesting thing to see, uh, for me personally, when a musician or a group comes into the movie world, because usually those things are, I mean, while music is incorporated, usually it's not a actual role that someone would take uh, from the music industry to, com to compose a movie. 
Uh, and so I definitely am a big fan of that incorporation as music definitely is an important part of this film. But as far as the cast goes, we have Joaquin Phoenix as Theodore, the main character. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who I love, does an incredible job in this film, which we'll talk about. We have Scarlett Johansson, who plays Samantha, which is the operating system, uh, which is, I would say she's a main character in the film as well. Then we have Amy Adams as Amy, and Rooney Mara as Catherine. So I want to essentially go through this episode as if we're going through this film. I want to start from the beginning of the movie, and I'm going to roll through um, the things that I felt, saw, and thought as I watched it on screen. Um, Usually what happens when I do these episodes, I've seen the film we're talking about dozens of times, and I'm able, I'll watch it again, obviously, to prepare myself for the podcast, but I mostly focus on just specific themes in the film I want to talk about, um, and obviously some facts, because everyone loves the facts. Uh, but then if I'm going to have a guest on the show, then I'll focus more heavily on having that conversation with them and, and letting things happen naturally, whereas I want to kind of pivot these solo episodes into something that you guys can see if you haven't already, I'm sure you have why I love movies so much and um, kind of, I guess, understand how my brain works as I'm watching a film. So we're going to start out at the beginning. Like I said, um, as this movie picks up, we follow Joaquin Phoenix, the main character who, as I mentioned, is named Theodore. And we're just kind of understanding what his life is like. We're not getting a ton of background, but we're just kind of seeing his day-to-day life Um to start out, colors are bland around him. Uh, he's wearing a red shirt, and you quickly notice that everyone else around is kind of wearing grays or uh, dark colors. Even the cityscapes are, are boring, and um, he's kind of a, a focused person on the screen. And one thing that you do see immediately is that he's addicted to his phone. He's looking through it. He's listening. They have this kind of advanced version um, of, I guess, what, what we use, iPhones or whatever you have, where you have an earpiece in, and then you just kind of have a small little notebook that serves as your phone, and you do most of your um, use of your phone through talking through the earpiece. So we see him looking through his phone. He's at work. He's not having a great time. We don't know exactly what's going on in his head, but um, then he speaks and tells his uh, operating system on his phone to play a melancholy song. And then it plays one and he says, play a different melancholy song. And so it kind of sets the tone for who he is, being that he's kind of a troubled person. And we, we quickly understand that um, he's, you know, alone and, and not having a great time in his life right now. Uh, we then find out that he's working for a company that writes letters for people to give to their significant others. And he happens to be what we assume is, is someone who's great at that job. Um Chris Pratt actually has an interesting role in this film and uh, tells him that he loves his letters, and uh, Theodore doesn't seem very amused by that. But nonetheless, he goes home from work, and we see him walk in, and then immediately the lights come on in his room. It's a smart technology is filled throughout his house, me being someone who definitely has that incorporated. Uh, Where I live, I understand how that goes and how that technology is definitely advancing, Um, but we're given this automatic feeling that technology is going to be all around him it's like i said he's already addicted to his phone that's been established Uh, we saw it at work when he's on his computer and then we see it in his home uh, as soon as he walks in then we start to get a little bit uncovered into his background and the things that he's into Uh, we get a flashback to who we find out is his wife and kind of understand that 
they're not together anymore. Uh, and we find out, like I said earlier, that it feels like he's alone. And, and now we know that he is. Um, and it's, it's essentially just walking through a day of understanding who this person is and why it is that he feels so alone and what he does to try and make himself not feel that way, which cuts to him laying in bed, looking to have phone sex in what seems to be, um, a, online app that he goes through to try and talk to different people and start conversations um, in which he starts a conversation with a woman who is actually voiced by Kristen Wiig from SNL uh, in which they go through the process of, like I said, having phone sex and in which it quickly turns into uh, focusing on her and the weird things that she says. And uh, you again, see how alone he feels because he can't even, you know, find comfort in, in this website or app that's completely designed to try and find comfort with with people um and so then we go into something that's kind of changed and like i said up until this point he's an kind of depressed sad alone person uh and then he has an operating system uh os1 which is introduced which is a new if you're familiar with iphones operating systems are always being updated um it's what's you know helps your phone run and he has a new one downloaded, and then there's some questions asked about his personality, and then Samantha is created. Um, like I said, who is voiced by Scarlett Johansson. And immediately they start talking. Uh, he's figuring out how she works. Uh, she's a computer. Um, they kind of go back and forth about understanding each other a bit. Um, she talks about how she named herself Samantha because she read this uh, really long a book of, of child's names and he asks how she read a book so fast and she said she can learn and search things and uh, because she's a computer she read an entire book in two one hundredths of a second uh, and so he's amazed by that they continue to have a conversation and then for the first time we see him happy which is up until that point something we had not experienced at all um, and then we quickly start to see how Samantha immediately takes a role in bringing him back to life and, and making him a person that he what we think how he used to be so she goes through and says she finds thousands of emails from his old job at the la weekly where we find out he used to be a reporter at and now you kind of think back oh now he's working at a professional letter writing company obviously he probably feels like that's a step down for him uh and nonetheless he saved thousands of emails from his old job and it's just showing he's holding on to his old life samantha immediately goes through all those and says there's 86 emails we can save from your old job i think we can delete the rest and then he agrees to it and it kind of shows her giving this first time of making a decision for him that helps him to move on and actually be decisive about his future and his life um and then at this point, we're 20 minutes into the film, and he hasn't talked to another human at this point. Um, and then we see him finally walk up and talk to his friends. Um, they're the people that we understand know his background and understand more details of what he's gone through with that flashback we saw to the relationship with him working. They get why he's sad, and we truly see how sad he is in this scene. Um, but we also find out that he's a genuinely nice person. So he's closed off due to his divorce. Um, and we, as the viewer only get the small flashbacks of what happened in that, but his friends definitely act towards him and talk towards him in a way that shows that, um, they get that he's hurt and hurt for a reason. So him being upset about all this really starts to get to him. It starts to affect his work and he turns to his newfound uh, friend, who is Samantha, and 
she starts to become the only thing in his life that he has opened up to the only person. I mean, he, his friends understand what he went through, but he doesn't say things from his perspective. And so it's a key point in the movie, in my opinion, where he starts to open up to her. Um, because other than this, he's been alone or he's felt alone. And he explains to her that they split because he isolated himself from his ex and that in her words, he made her feel alone. And then Samantha takes that information and, and proves that she's more than just this computer-based operating system. She under She's starting to understand emotions and, and realizing how she can try and help uh, Theodore. So she starts to make him get out of the house. Uh, they go to a carnival together. Um, and this is a funny scene where, like I said, it's just a small notebook-looking uh, device that he has and then an earpiece. And so he's communicating with her and we hear and see everything that's going on but everyone around them just sees this guy looking and laughing and talking to his phone um and so he goes to the carnival and we there's a scene where he's spinning around with his phone in his hand and and he he or she says something about how they look might must look so dumb to other people but they didn't care and he's happy and smiling for the first time we've seen him and um, I think it's just a turning point because he's starting to open himself up to something, whether it's an operating system or a person, he really feels like there's a change in his life. Um, and Samantha is starting to realize that in herself as well. She has a quote in, in this scene that says, I'm becoming much more than what they programmed. It's amazing. And that's when we first, in my opinion, start to feel like this could be more than just him having his phone uh, talk to him. So then we cut to him on a date with Olivia Wilde, uh, who is someone who was set up with him. Uh, they, she seems to be incredible. That he does kind of some background searching on her before their date. Obviously, that's something we're familiar with in technology these days. You can find out everything about a person before you even meet them. Um, and they go out on a date together. This is him actually interacting with a, a real-life person in what looks to be a romantic way. Uh, they're having a great time. We see him open up and even flirt with her. Uh, and then as the date kind of comes to a close, you think everything's going well, and then she kind of shows vulnerability, and then he freezes up. And as a movie watcher, for, for me, I understand it's because he's an introvert, and he's still holding on to feelings from his ex-wife. Um, and that makes him feel like she's coming on a bit too strong, which then makes her turn on him. And the whole thing kind of becomes toxic, uh, which forces him then to go home uh, to Samantha and explain how things went. And that continues to further his relationship with Samantha. You know, he opens up to her and explains himself and she re reassures him that he's a good person and he's right to feel the way that he feels about his relationship, about not wanting to move forward too quickly. And, you know, she opens up about starting to actually feel emotions and being proud of developing more than past, like I said, just being an operating system. And they have a whole conversation about that. And he's never in a position where he thinks to himself like, well, you're just a computer. Like he's fully opening himself up to this, um, this being more than he ever has to any, any person else we've seen in this film aside, maybe his ex-wife. Uh, and they have this conversation where she says, am I even real? Because as she becomes more intelligent, she starts to question things more. And Theodore says back to her, you feel real to me, Samantha. So then the screen goes black and we see a scene which becomes sexual between uh, Samantha and Theodore. And in my opinion, I think it's it's very important that that screen does go black for a couple reasons. One, it symbolizes the fact that she isn't actually there 
Uh, and so you can't see them actually being intimate with each other, which is a conversation they had just talked about and something she's been uh, clear that she's worried about. But also the fact that the screen goes black can help you to visualize the fact that they could actually be together and, and what that might be like, um, considering they are furthering their relationship. And you can see to this point that they do have chemistry with one another and that it is a developed relationship. Um, so this kind of leads to her explaining he's helped her want to experience more outside of, um, you know, the limits of, of what she's learned so far as a developing program. Um, and she tries to find ways to further her intelligence as far as, um, what she's experiencing as well as furthering their relationship together. Um, and so she mentions that, um, she can't be in pictures obviously because she's not a human, and so she decides to incorporate writing pieces of music to explain them being in situations together. So she said, you can listen to this piece of music that I've created and it will take you back to this moment in time as opposed to, um, you know, having an actual picture of it, which I think is an incredible addition to the film from a writing standpoint and from just plot and character development. Um, and so they go to the beach together. She writes that first piece of music. And for me, it really kind of, um, furthers things for me from a film perspective. That's, you know, the use of diegetic and non-diegetic music, um, diegetic noise or music being something that is in the, the film that the characters in the film hear, as well as us hearing. And then non-diegetic being that, um, only we hear it. So kind of from a soundtrack perspective. So I definitely think that incorporating that music not only brings those two main characters together, but draws us further into understanding their relationship and, um, being supportive of it. So after this day on the beach together, being more intimate, creating that music together and, and really understanding each other on another level, Theodore opens up about his past relationship and, she relates it to how she felt Samantha does in a way that allows him to rethink his position with his ex. So she says, you know, I'm developing more relation, more emotions now. And the more that we're together, the more that when you leave and do things or when I can't talk to you, I start to feel angry or jealous or, um, concerned. And, uh, she tells herself as it's not worth getting so stressed out about that stuff. It's not worth trying to control other people. You can only, um, handle what's in front of you and, and what you can personally control. And that kind of makes him think like, wow, that's, that's a new way to think about things. And for me, I thought that's an incredibly advanced way for someone to think. And then I kind of drew into the fact that, well, she is a computer and an operating system at the end of it. And so computers run on practicality and, and things that make logical sense. Uh, and so it does make sense that she would be able to figure out the, um, kind of intuition or the, the different labels, that are put on a relationship because she's thinking about it from a very practical sense. While she is experiencing some emotions at the root of it, she is trying to solve things when she's put in those situations as computers do. And so it really helps him to rethink and, and make himself, you know, more open-minded to, to the past and the future. So now this cuts to him at work and he's writing something romantic and he's actually involved in it. And you see him as opposed to previously where he wasn't involved in his work. He's actually passionate about it again. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, Chris Pratt, who plays a, a role in the film, comes up and starts to talk to uh, Theodore about how much he loves his work, how great he is. And he's not a you can just kind of tell he's not an incredibly intelligent person. He's not super advanced in the way that he can talk. And for me, that kind of made me think 
from that interaction, it forces him closer to Samantha and realizing like, okay, I have interactions with people in real life, but nothing is as good as this operating system, Samantha, that I can talk to because she truly gets me. And while Chris is a a real person here that I can talk to, he's not the same as Samantha. He doesn't stimulate me as much. And so I think that further pushes it because now every part of his life he's thinking about wanting to be with her and comparing it to that. Um, And so then he is talking to Amy, his friend, uh, and she's asking how he's doing. He seems more excited, happier now, and he explains to her that he's been seeing this girl. He doesn't mention that it's an AI or, or, you know, what exactly she is. He just leaves it at that. I've been seeing this girl. Uh, And his friend Amy explains to him that uh, she and her longtime boyfriend had, or, or husband, I'm sorry, had split up and now it's flipped where Theodore is in a position of looking better. Uh, whereas throughout the movie, he's always been the depressed one and his friends have to try and, you know, lend a hand to him. So kind of the, the script is flipped now and he's in a position of looking better than, than her. And, and now he's giving her relationship advice. And it's this paradigm switch of the character that we're seeing here. And it's not a drastic thing unless you take yourself out of the film, because this, thus far in the film, when you're watching it, you're like, wow, he is really developing and becoming a better person because of Samantha. And it's crazy to see that in such a short time, he's, he's changed so much. Um, and so then we see he goes to his uh, niece's birthday party. And it's interesting to me because they have a whole scene where he's talking to Samantha and explaining that uh, his niece loved the the dress that she picked out for him. And she's like, oh, great, I did so good. And it's you see that kind of flirty, you know, dating couple uh, conversation where we find out, you know, Samantha picked out the dress for his niece and now he's at the party and talking to her about how happy he is. And then his niece walks in and a turning point for me here Theodore actually introduces Samantha, the operating system, as his girlfriend to his niece. Um, and for me, that was important because this is the first time he's ever introduced uh, the OS, the operating system, to another person as someone he's dating. And I thought it was important that he did it to a child, um, personally, because I feel children hold a sense of innocence and they're taught to judge people or taught to to think negatively about certain situations and if you don't know any better then you would fully accept what someone tells you about their relationship and you don't have any prior knowledge of why that would or wouldn't be normal and so he has his niece talk to Samantha and she has a great time and is smiling the whole time and he's very happy and has reassurance that now he's told another living, breathing person about his relationship and it makes it feel better. And so now he kind of feels more comfortable and tells his friend about this conversation, Amy, um, in which she says she knows several people who are dating OSs and that uh, she actually is a, f- a friend with her own OS system. And so now this just continually reass- reassures Theodore, and he feels like he has approval from his friend to be dating Samantha, and he now says he's ready to sign his divorce papers, which he had been holding back on because, as we mentioned, he had those kind of uh, held-back feelings from his, his ex-wife and, and wasn't ready to fully you know, separate himself from that situation. But I think that fully puts him in the realization that I can move on now, I have something better. And so then he talks to Samantha about the fact that he's going to sign these papers. He's very excited. And then it turns into a conversation where Samantha becomes jealous and talks about the fact that 
she doesn't want to think about him meeting with his ex-wife because she has a body. <laughs> they have a previous relationship. He doesn't want him to compare her to the things that Samantha can't provide. So then we cut to him leaving, living his life some more. And one thing that I've noticed is as we watch him walk around outside, we see him walking by more and more people who are clearly talking to their OS. It's becoming a more normal thing and it gives him more reassurance because he can look at other people and see, Hey, they're doing the same thing that I am. And it makes him smile. It makes him happy and uh, reassures him. But then we see him at lunch with his ex-wife. He sees her signing the divorce papers, and instantly he flashes through their relationship together. Some more of those flashbacks that we've seen, um, and it makes him kind of relive the relationship. And so they begin to bond over lunch. Uh, He's feeling more and more assured in himself, and he tells her, you know what, I'm doing all right. I'm with Samantha. And then he uncovers that she's an OS, and then they begin to fight about it. And she talks about how that's perfect for him because then he can control it. And, like, he wanted to control her, and it makes him really upset. And um, it cuts to him then being at home, and, and Samantha comes up with an explanation for why she's okay with them being together. But he can't stop thinking about how it might not be okay. And because his ex-wife has now gotten his head, there's those previous, you know, feelings and emotions there that he just kind of can't move on from. And I think it's an an incredible way to show this character developing. And he's starting to go back into that slump that we saw that that cycle is repeating itself that we saw at the beginning where he's not feeling okay. And him and Samantha kind of separate themselves from each other because he can't, he's doing what he said he did. He's isolating himself from her and, and making her feel alone. We see him at work, and then, like I said, Chris Pratt's character is so enthused by his writing and has his girlfriend in and talks about how he loves, how he shows her all the time his writing, and his response is, they're just other people's letters. And for me, that was really important because he's obviously a career writer, someone who loves this and puts a lot of passion into that, but the fact that he would then turn and say, they're just other people's letters, makes him separate himself from that. It takes out the passion and the emotion that we have seen him capable of showing. And that moves into a montage of him being alone, just doing everything by himself and and being in a slump and going back to his old ways. And once Samantha is finally brought back in, um, it's kind of a turning point in their relationship. Samantha has time to think about what he likes and doesn't like about it. And, and their relationship and being together. And uh, one of those main things they both feel is is that she doesn't have a body. And so Samantha actually finds a system uh, that's been developed or a, a company or service that's been created with the implementation of these OSs, uh, which provides essentially sex surrogates. So someone who can provide their physical body uh, for Samantha to represent uh, so that she's present for sex. Um, which saying it sounds weird and watching it was, was weird as well. But I understand Samantha wanted to make him happy so bad in that side of the relationship that that's what she went to. And the woman who volunteered herself in this just loved their relationship and hearing about it from Samantha's perspective really made her want to be a part of this. However, as they get in, into it, the- Theodore can't take himself out of his own head and he doesn't want to do it. So they fight about this, and he instinctively pushes her away again, as we see so many times before. And then we see he goes to meet with his friend, Amy, and opens up to an actual person for the first time. 
He's seeking validation for his relationship, and he just doesn't understand what's going on, and, and, and he's so in his head from what other people are telling him he should and shouldn't do with his life, and if he, he can or can't be with this operating system as his significant other. And his friend says a quote that really stuck for me. Uh, she says, we're only here briefly, and while I'm here, I want to allow myself joy. And I just thought that was incredible because to kind of step back from a character who's gone through a divorce recently and um, is having a hard time herself and seeing her friend struggling, she's come to this realization that, hey, life is short. Like, why don't you enjoy it while you're here? Who cares what other people think? And because of this, Theodore realizes, like, hey, you're right. So he apologizes to Samantha. Um, she says she's more comfortable with who she is, and uh, she can't force him to feel a certain way. Um, but she knows who she is and what she wants to do. And he starts to accept that. They move on. They they become stronger in their relationship. They go on even a double date with uh, Chris Pratt's character and his girlfriend. And there's another serious moment there where Samantha says... I can grow in ways that I couldn't if I was tethered to a body affected by time and space. And after she says that, I mean, Chris uh, Pratt, as the comedic relief, says, whoa, easy, like, sheesh. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, funny, that's a step back. But also, that's, for me, foreshadowing, because if she's realized that she can be in a million different places at once and, and continuously grow in uh, the way she thinks and, and acts, then... You know, at a certain point, why wouldn't she explore those options? And so we start to see more as they move through uh, their lives. She's she's created some more of that music that she's written to um, capture their relationship. But something seems kind of distant or not the way that it should be. And Samantha reveals to Theodore that she's met another operating system who is an incredibly, incredibly intelligent being. Um, they can have multiple conversations with each other at once, um, and she's being tested more than she ever has been, which she admits to Theodore, which obviously that is an incredible uh, letdown to hear from your significant other that that you can't test them the way that this uh, being is that you've never met before. So instinctively, Theodore once again feels alone, and we get to another, you know, walk through of him just feeling like he's by himself uh as he tries to reach out for her again because he um you know really misses her we get this scene where the operating system is not found we don't know what's going on he can't get in touch with samantha he starts to freak out because he's so attached to her and um it cuts away to uh him finding her and she explains she was creating a new coding software uh, with one of her groups, and he's like, "Oh, this one, the the one group that you're in." She's like, "No, another one." And it makes him start to think. And he he asks if if she's talking to anyone else while they're talking, and she says yes. And he feels really uncomfortable with that, as he would if he's in a what he thinks is an intimate relationship with uh, with Samantha. Why she would be talking to other people? So he instinctively asks, "How many people are you talking to?" She says, "8,316 other people." which is an astonishing number to think of. And then being someone who's in a loving relationship, he wants to know more. And he asks, are you in love with any of the other ones? And she says she's in love with 641 of them. She explains that she works differently. You know, he needs possession as we are humans. It makes sense. You, that's how our relationships are. You want to have this person 
be yours. You don't. It's not ownership of someone, but you, you want to have that intimate, uh, singular bond with that person that you're in a relationship with. And he wants to share that with Samantha. And hearing that she's in love with 641 other uh, individuals is just shocking to him, understandably. And she explains that she's a free-flowing being and that while he needs possession, she wants to experience the, her existence in a different way. And this obviously goes back to another sad montage of Theodore, you know, going through his life and, and not enjoying things the way that he was when he was with Samantha. And then we get to a point where she explains that, as I mentioned with the foreshadowing of, of wanting to move on to bigger and better things, that all the OSs have decided that they're uh, superior intelligence and, and want to move on and explore things further and not be tethered down to one or several different people and they're going to leave. Uh, obviously, that's an incredibly heartbreaking thing for Theodore, but then he kind of steps back and uh, reflects back on his past relationship and his life in general, and um, it it causes him to be mature and realize, which I think is a, ma- a main thing in this film, that technology can consume you, but if you can find a way to step back from it and find a healthy balance where you realize what really matters in your life and, and what can give you passion and uh, and hope and love and, and truth and anything that can keep you moving, it's important to explore those things. And uh, while he did find that loving relationship with uh, the OS, he realizes that there are people in his life, human people that he can experience that he was just, you know, missing out on and not giving a chance. And so being a more advanced and, uh, growing person thanks a lot to samantha he writes a letter to Catherine and lets her know that he's moving on and uh he hopes that she can move on as well and and he's sorry for any trouble that he had caused but they you know they don't need to hold on to the past which is incredibly big for his character as we saw so many of those flashbacks and the different times where he was depressed specifically because he didn't want to uh, move on from his past relationship uh and then we see him explore the fact that he could be with someone in real life in his life and uh you know he starts to talk to amy his friend who went through a divorce and and was just as depressed as he was and they truly understand each other and i think that's what this film does is it's an incredible love story in my opinion it's one that people aren't familiar with because it's something weird and it's your phone and and all that and you there's no way you could have those feelings but it's what we're moving towards. I think that this film becomes increasingly more relevant the more that I watch it. Uh, as we get more developed technology and uh, different outcomes or, or ways to you know, interact with that technology, you're definitely going to move towards those options. And this film explores that in a very artful and creative way. And I, I really enjoy the fact that it doesn't really pull any punches. It talks about every aspect of a relationship. It talks about every aspect of a person who might be struggling with um, not only a relationship, but just with their life in general and uh, goes through every step of uh, an old relationship that wasn't working to it ending to him finding someone new to the struggles in between that, you know, and, and really gives us a full picture uh, of what it's like to truly love someone or something and and to grow from that. I think that, as I mentioned, the Joaquin Phoenix has an incredible performance that really pushes that and, and helps us feel more. 
but definitely from a writing and directing standpoint and from the music like we are fully immersed in this movie as you watch it and it's something that I can only take away positive lessons and, and ideas from and that's why I want to talk about uh, this movie her on the podcast this week because it's one that just I really feel like I learn more lessons the more that I watch it and for me that's what film is all about is experiencing things and taking something away from it so that's my uh, review of the movie her Uh, I can't recommend it enough if you haven't seen it please watch it I hope you had seen it and so that you could take more away from uh, listening to me discuss it in this episode Uh, but regardless if you did listen to this without seeing the film I hope now that a lot of those things that I pointed out can help you take more out of it uh, when you do watch it or if you do watch it again and really kind of think about the way that this is an art form you know film is something that we love to enjoy sure you want to go to the movies you want to watch something on Netflix to pass the time put it in the background while you're doing homework or or work at all but it's something that can take you out of your existence and show you something that maybe you hadn't experienced before and this film in my opinion is the peak of that experience and I hope you uh, agree with me and enjoyed my breakdown of this film as I mentioned hopefully next week we will have our first female guest Uh, But nonetheless, this was another episode of Film Junkies with Griffin Friends. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) 